Turn your great idea into a great success with the Small Business Resolutions Bundle. Just $5 will get you your own domain name, a powerful website builder, professional email, and search engine optimization to get your top listings on Google. Get started today at www.smallbusinessresolutions.ca. Hurry, this offer ends April 1st. Welcome to Startup Newsweek, your source for news affecting entrepreneurs in Canada. My name is Matt Allen, and today is March 8th, 2016. In the news this week, Vancouver-based fintech startup Rentmoola raised $5 million, the largest Canadian equity crowdfunding effort to date. Halifax's Volta Labs is opening up its doors again in search of its next cohort of startups to grow Atlantic Canada's startup community. Following the federal-provincial meetings last week with the premiers, Prime Minister Trudeau hosted a Facebook discussion underlying his commitment to work with entrepreneurs and clean tech startups to grow the sector in Canada. Today is International Women's Day. In recognition, Startup Canada has partnered with Microsoft Canada, Moxie Trades, and BDC to inspire and connect women entrepreneurs to mentorship opportunities. It's a part of Startup Canada's hashtag FindOneBe1 campaign. I sat down with Marissa McTasney, the founder and CEO of Moxie Trades, to learn more about the campaign and her recent appointment as Startup Canada's Fellow for Women Entrepreneurs. I am really excited to work with Startup Canada to advance women's entrepreneurship because women are Canada's largest unused resource. We need to support women with tools in training, education, and financing so that the, they can be successful in Canada. The hashtag FindOneBe1 One campaign is a challenge that we are sending out to all of our women entrepreneurs. We want everyone to find a mentor and be a mentor. And my biggest hope for you is that you find a mentor that's going to challenge you and review your business with you and go through the challenges, force you to do your business plan and really think through some of the possibilities that you have to grow your business. Entrepreneurs can be part of the campaign by visiting startupcan.ca forward slash women to register for events, participate in the social media campaign, and tune into a live panel today on March 8th at 5 p.m. Eastern to gain mentorship and advice from some of Canada's top women leaders. Startup Newsweek is brought to you by Great Work, helping founders and business owners make more effective decisions. Check out greatwork.io for better decisions. One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Entrepreneurship doesn't have to be tough when it's cooked right. Co-founder of Relish Gourmet Burgers serves up well-done recipes for startup success. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Startup Canada Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. Here on the show is where we fill you in on trends and opportunities and 
possibilities for your next step as an entrepreneur and where we have conversations about advancing entrepreneurial growth and success in Canada. Today's episode is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in building a financially fit and fundable business. Get 50% off. That's right. 50% off QuickBooks online today by visiting intuit.quickbooks.ca forward slash start right. To any of our new listeners, remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast in the iTunes store, then visit startupcan.ca to join the network to connect to support, mentors, training, funding, space, and to your local startup community. We are just thrilled to have as our guest today, Alex Gillis. He's the 17-year-old founder and CEO of Bitness, a retail-focused location analytics startup that allows stores to monitor foot traffic inside and outside of their location to improve marketing efforts. One of Canada's youngest entrepreneurs, Alex is nothing short of a success story from whom already owns two startups, including Bitness and Hoist Halifax, which offers monthly workshop to teens interested in the areas of technology, business, and design through a partnership with Volta Labs. Named Atlantic Canada and National 2015 Young Entrepreneur of the Year by Startup Canada, Alex has proved himself as somebody to watch. Throughout today's interview, we're going to discuss the making of a Canadian entrepreneur and talk about what it's like to balance high school with startups. Alex will fill us on what the Halifax startup community is like, what his plans are for the next few years, and to discuss his different business initiatives that lead to him taking home two Startup Canada Awards this past year. And I am very proud that he's from Atlantic Canada, where we are doing magic here and uh, Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much, Rivers. First of all, congratulations on taking home two awards at the uh, 2015 Startup Canada Awards. And, you know, tell us what it's like to be acknowledged for your achievements at, at such a young age. And, you know, and that's not to say, oh, my gosh, you're, you know, you shouldn't get that recognition. But at a national level in the entrepreneurial world, all that elements, it's, it's got to feel good to get acknowledgement like that. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. Um, I was so over the moon to hear that I that I had won the the Atlantic Award. Yes. And then actually later on in November, I was presenting uh, actually business. I was doing a bit of a presentation to the uh, grade 11 business class in my high school about my company. Yes. And I missed a phone call from Renee and I called <laughs> Renee back later and she said, congratulations. And I said, what? And I had no idea that there was even really a national level to this award, but um, she informed me that I was the winner and I was, I was uh, speechless. Yeah, I bet. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, look, you know, now how has life changed for you since that time? Do you have a, you know, has your social media network increase? You know, you got Hollywood calls, all that kind of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's a great inspiration to my friends uh, mainly. Uh, you know, having someone that cool. is kind of their own age, so my peers, of course, mm-hmm. and being able to show them that hey, you you can do some cool things even though you're still young. You still aren't you know legal drinking age or anything, but yeah. you know you can do business. You can you can work on your ideas, turn them into realities. You know, building products and so forth. Um, it's been it's been absolutely great, and I think the Startup Canada Awards were really just quite a validation for my work and for all my efforts that I've put into to business and Hoist Halifax, uh, both of them combined. Um, through through the uh, through the awards, you know, I, more than I could have expected. 
but yeah. I think, you know, what I really want to see is more people who are my age going yes. for these awards. And, you know, yes. not to say that there wasn't competition for these awards, but, you know, I'd love to see more Atlantic Canadian youth, young entrepreneurs going forward, uh, submitting for this award, you know, being recognized by the peers um, and at least, you know, showing up to these events. And, and I really want to see more younger people at the awards. Yeah. Well, there's got to be a pioneer, my friend, and you're leading the cause very nicely. And, and I, and I know I mentioned it early, but we were just, we're just awfully proud of that. You're from our region and, and, uh, and uh, getting these national awards. Cause there are some magic uh, stuff that's happening around here, but you know, tell us about how it gets started where you got into entrepreneurship uh, at such a young age. For sure. Um, in grade five, I actually started uh, doing some programming. I was always pretty interested in technology, you know, how things worked. As a kid, I had Tinker Toys, Lego, bl- uh, Lego bricks. Um, but in January 2014, I actually attended what's called a, a hackathon at uh, Volta Labs here in Halifax. And that's when everything changed. Over the uh, the weekend long competition, I went in with a, a business kind of a concept idea. And the idea was you you work on your idea you prototype it with some programming or a website, you build a kind of a basic business model for it. And then going from there, you know, you had a chance to win some pretty cool prizes. You know, there was some money, there was a tablet on the table for up for grabs. And I was working on a project called Microsent at the time. I wanted to, uh, you know, envision a way so people could could donate to online uh, pieces of content, such as blog posts, uh, videos, really kind of, supporting the indie community, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and freelance writers. So at the time I was, I was annoyed by New York times had recently put up a, a paywall on top of their, on top of their, their quality content. And, you know, I thought, well, Hey, with the, the rise in ad block and, um, you know, advertising kind of just taking a, taking a hit in general, I thought, well, how can we improve upon the way of, continuing this content to be free, you know, open to the public because mm-hmm. knowledge, knowledge should be free. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I worked on this idea throughout the weekend. I prototyped it, um, using some, some basic kind of PHP code. I set up a, a business model, uh, did some, you know, the, the typical lean canvas type of thing, but you you know what? I had no idea what I was doing at the time. <laughs> this is my, this is my first attempt at doing some business stuff. There was, you know, university age kids in the room. There was, you know, 30 year olds, 40 year olds. There's even a 70 year old guy there who said he was retired and wanted to, you know, kind of get back into the business scene. Yes. Um, you know, I went in there not expecting, you know, I had no idea what to expect, not expecting certainly to win it at the end of the weekend. Um, but after that, when, when I realized, you know, maybe I have a knack for this, I decided to pursue it. And certainly uh, after seeing what some of the other technology was uh, presented at this hackathon, I realized, you know, my programming skills weren't really quite up to spec, but um, I, I did quite enjoy the business aspect, which is, I think, where, you know, my business uh, passion has come from ever since then. Yeah, you dove in, man. That's awesome. Really cool. And that's really what entrepreneurship is all about. And, uh, you know, that whole discovery process and not being, being, being scared of it. Um, what, what high school do you go to? I go to a Sacred Heart School here in Halifax. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. I know exactly where it's right. On, it's it's on Spring Garden Road, right? You're right in the uh, the downtown core, the the one yeah. main street. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, right across from Public Gardens. I'm a graduate of Prince Andrew High School in uh, in Dartmouth, so I know Wonderful. I know Sacred Heart very well. But what's it like to you know uh, to balance high school with two different startups? You know, you always hear the balance about extracurricular activities, and uh, but never with uh, balancing 
in startups. I mean, there's a, there's an inherent level of responsibility to go with that. Not like playing on a, you know, a hockey team or, uh, or doing dance or something like that. So how do you balance that all out? For sure. I think, you know, startups are my extracurricular, um, mm. where people, you know, put lots of time and effort and commitment into hockey. You know, I put lots of time, effort and commitment into uh, entrepreneurship and right business. On. So going through uh, my high school career, I got started off, this was during grade 10 um, with with uh, the companies. And then I started to develop fitness over the summer uh, prior to grade 11. Uh, grade 11 was quite a hectic year. I had a full course load as well as I took two grade 12 courses on top of that. And I was also doing things Things like the uh, Propel uh, Launch 36 uh, Startup Accelerator Program. So grade 11 was, was quite a hectic year. Um, thankfully, this year, I've been able to, you know, get business kind of a give it kind of a foundation through some of these startup accelerator programs. But then um, with a bit of a lighter course load, I've also been able to spur up a, um, a course with my high school called Experiential Learning, where I'm able to work on fitness with a mentor and receive high school credit, which is something wow. that's unique to Sacred Heart, absolutely unique to Sacred Heart. And I hope that, you know, some kids end up going to my school just to pursue this program because it's such a great opportunity. Do you know Catherine Burke? Uh, I don't believe so. No, I think she might have just graduated from uh, Sacred Heart. She was on the debate team or something like that. With the, Oh, yes. The we're, we're, we're big on debating for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, look, you're close to graduation. Congratulations. And uh, you've got to be thinking about the future. You know, what's 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 next for you? I'm I'm hoping that you're not going to say, okay, now I'm going to go to university and forget about, uh, and forget about my entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. You know what? Absolutely. I'm looking into um, kind of managing the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly looking to go to university for a commerce degree, cool. uh, pursuing commerce. Um, I think it'd be great to add some, you know, um, some qualifications to my to mm-hmm. my uh, kind of pseudo skills that I've yep. built up over the years. But um, actually, I, I have quite a quite a large announcement uh, regarding university stuff. Um, recently, I've been selected as a Loran Scholar for the coming year, which. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite a large scholarship. Covers up to hundred thousand dollars in in Dude, tuition. Nice, nice. That's uh, to any Canadian school, and you know, without I think you know, not having the Startup Canada Award, <laughs> you know, not having Bitness, not having Hoist, Telefax, I really don't know if I would have been able to achieve that. Yeah, well, that is so wonderful, man. And, and you know, without having that, but what's cool about it, you created those. Uh, this came out of your hard work, your focus, your ingenuity, and uh, and giving back to the community also, because your your your, your program, Hoist in particular, is all about, uh, you know, giving an aid from an educational perspective. So what, what school are you? Are you, have, you, have you picked one yet that you're gonna uh, that you're gonna go to? So I have a top three list right now. I have uh, UBC, so that's over in Vancouver. Yes. I have uh, Queens and Kingston, Ontario, as well as uh, as well as the University of Toronto. Wow. So all three of those schools, um, I know they're kind of top three list right now, but. Um, I've looked into schools that support student entrepreneurship and student-led yes. initiatives. That's yes. really something big on my on my kind of, uh, of pri- priority list for these schools. Um, seeing that they have you know student incubator centers, um, you know accelerator programs built into their curriculum, and even you know some support and funding for these uh, student businesses. I think that's great, and that's something that you know all Canadian schools should uh, look into having as part of their their course and part of their student life. 
Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, um, I, I, I want to kind of reference Atlantic Canada and <laughs> because you've obviously got a, an element here that's kept you here for, you know, family and so on in school. And, and now you're taking that to other parts of the world. And one of the entrepreneurs I, uh, I interviewed a little earlier, you know, she traveled for seven years around the world before coming back and, and, and settling in her hometown and so on. But in Atlantic Canada, if you could talk about the landscape here uh, in a special way that you would say, I got this because it's Atlantic Canada. Is there something that you would say is unique to our region that that might not be as able to be accessible somewhere else in the world, let alone the rest of Canada? I don't want to sound cheesy here, but you know, there's the Atlantic Canadian hospitality and that Mm -hmm. kind of extends throughout everything that we do. So Mm -hmm. in the entrepreneurship space, you know, we have people who are really willing to take the time to hear through your business idea, you know, give you some constructive criticism. Um, You know, they aren't afraid to sugarcoat things either. So (laughs) going through and, and, you know, being able to meet uh, lots of people who are in your area working on really cool projects as well. You know, you have a really tight knit community here in Atlantic Canada, which I, I don't think you'd be able to get elsewhere in, uh, you know, in, in other parts of the world or even other parts of uh, Canada. Well, there's an old saying, it ain't bragging if it's true and you're not being cheesy, my friend. That's, nah. it's, it's a real value add for, uh, for being here and it's, and, and it's wonderful. And, and again, congratulations on that amazing scholarship. That's a, that is a huge, huge announcement. So, uh, you know, given all, um, all, all the attention and success, you talked a little earlier about inspiring your classmates and so on. Um, how are you? How are you doing that? And you, you know, you can talk a little bit about Hoist as as part of that uh, that inspiration and uh, and giving back and and so on. So uh, can you can you kind of talk about how you how you're inspiring your classmates and other people in in your school? Let's just stick to uh, Sacred Heart. For sure, yeah. So uh, through Sacred Heart, you know, I've been able to refer kind of a lot of kids to to the Hoist Health X program. So that's been great um, within Sacred Heart. I also piloted a online computer science uh, course last year, which I hope to see back in the curriculum very soon at Sacred Heart. Uh, that brings you know code and um, programming into the students' uh, regular kind of course load, and they get uh, actually AP college board credit, which means if they were to pursue a computer science degree, they, would ha- they wouldn't have to uh, go to the first year of classes. They could skip right through to second year comp sci. Mm. Um, so piloting that through my school has been great. The creation of I, these I want to stop you right there if I could for a sec. I'm sorry to interrupt, Alex, because I think this is a really cool thing. Now, in that process, did you have to go through the process of getting it accredited as a course that's acceptable at universities, or did you have a criteria that you followed right from the very beginning? So the AP um, course was actually taught by a, a school in Missouri in okay. the United States. So it was accredited through them. Right. And uh, AP stands for Advanced Placement College Board. And they're recognized globally, um, being able to provide uh, this university credit at the majority, if not all, universities in North America. Um, so this is something that was done uh, outside of the school. Yeah, very cool. All right. So let's continue that journey about inspiring classmates. So that's for uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the experiential learning program has been has been great for myself as well as Aristides, my co-founder, who's also uh, in my my grade twelve class. Um, being able to work with the mentor as well as the school on this program, I think, gives them quite a bit of insight about what you know 
we're up to um, outside of the classroom, but then also what we're doing during our school day. So, so on school time, how many, uh, you know, calls or emails we're, we're replying to and, you know, kind of how the internal workings of the business is going. I check in with my principal once per week over mm-hmm. the, um, over a, a journal uh, type process, which, uh, you know, updates him on my progress. And he's of course, kind of the faculty advisor for the, for the course. Cool. Uh, yeah. And this, this year, actually, I'm uh, currently, Airseeds and I are doing a programming session for the grade 10 technology course at, mm. at school. This is a brand new course. So it's great to see, you know, getting some of that technology component into the curriculum. Yeah. Congratulations. That's uh, that's just awesome. So uh, tell me, how has your family contributed to your success? What, what, what role do they play in, um, in contributing and supporting you along the way? You know, my, my family has been absolutely more than more supportive than I could have ever asked for. Uh, my mother has actually taken quite a like to, uh, to the business, uh, kind of area. She loves coming to the pitch competitions and, uh, <laughs> meeting everyone that I'm, that I'm talking about constantly and interacting with. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents actually, uh, own and operate a small business in, uh, rural Nova Scotia. So, you know, having, uh, me kind of continue on the the business focused legacy is something that they're they're quite excited about. Yeah, that is that is so awesome. Yeah, you know, did your mother know what the word entrepreneur meant? Uh, I mean, is it her mom and dad that are the entrepreneurs, or is your yeah? Your dad? No, it's yeah, it's it's her mom, her mother and father. Yeah. Um, so she was. When she was younger, you know, she was always helping them out, whether it was with uh, some bookkeeping or even yeah. answering the phone while they were out. So, you know, she's uh, she's been in it all of her life as well. But yeah. uh, she's a doctor now, so she she got out of the uh, out of the field. But uh, <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, but so so it's, it's it it shouldn't come as a surprise that you're uh, that you're heading down this entrepreneurial journey. That's for sure. So tell me about uh, about business. Uh, it's really cool. About uh, you know, it's a, to repeat. It's a, based on the script I have in front of me. Now you track me if I'm wrong. It's a retail-focused location analytics organization that allows stores to monitor foot traffic inside and outside of their location to improve marketing efforts. So what was the pain point that you were trying to uh, deal with or the opportunity that you were trying to deal with when you started Bitness? Absolutely. So we um, we looked into a lot of local retail stores and realizing that they had Quite a few, um, whether it was a staffing problem or a marketing problem, we weren't really sure. But being able to go inside some of these locations and realizing, you know, they had X number of staff, but only, you know, such a small number of customers in the store that they were paying all these salaries and wages. And I don't think, you know, they, they had enough customers to really support that. And just mm. with basic business kind of fundamentals, you know, when you're paying someone, you know, even minimum wage and you have five staff on on deck and, you know, you only have a couple of customers in the store, that's really not sustainable for the, for the company. Uh, also looking into the fact that when we had um, been looking into some of these stores, it was really busy outside, quite, you know, hot summer days. We found started uh, working on business back in uh, June 2014 and realized, you know, that there was so many customers right outside their very front door, but very few of them were inside the store. So how could they work on getting more of these customers in from the street? You know, even if it was a coffee shop, why wouldn't they just stop in for a yeah. quick iced coffee or something on their on their walk? And uh, so realizing that obviously some of the marketing aspects weren't working, some of the staffing uh, wasn't kind of, you know, the best it could be. And how could we, you know, help these businesses in a passive and anonymous way where we were able to pick up the largest number of shoppers and potential customers that were outside? 
Yeah. So, so uh, does it, does the business get a report? Do they kind of you know? Do they do they? I mean, because it's an interesting point you talk about with regards to the staff. Uh, I run some restaurants, and uh, you know that when I walk into the restaurant and there's nobody there, and there's mm. three staff there, it just freaking drives me nuts. Um, and you're trying to estimate these patterns. So, what's the what happens to trigger? the staff or the owner that, Hey, you got too many people in there. So what we do actually is we place a, um, what's called a fitness beacon inside the store. Uh, our technology fits in the palm of your hand. It's really, uh, non-invasive. You just plug it in and it uh, starts reporting data to our server. But what this fitness beacon does is it, um, when placed in the store, we're able to record and kind of visualize how many people are within the store and outside the store, um, over, you know, given time periods. So what we do is we pick up anonymous smartphone signals um, based off of Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And what we're, what we're able to do with that is record all these individual signals as a kind of individual data points, see whether the person is inside or outside of the establishment. And then we send that data right to our servers where we kind of, you know, do some crunching on the data and the store manager or owner operator can log in at any point and they can see a real-time dashboard or real-time view about what's happening at their location, what's happened this past week, even how this week is comparing to last week, or you can go month over month. And, you know, really this data can be crucial, especially to businesses that are currently basing everything strictly off of transaction logs. It really helps give them a bird's eye view about how they can be doing better. Okay, my man, how do I get uh, access to this information? I, you've got a potential customer here. Um, how, do I, how do I reach you? Just you know to- what? We'll, we'll sign you up right after the call, but uh, business.io, um, the website, you can sign Love up it. through there. Perfect. Love it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a real pain point for us, but a great opportunity to have that data data. So very, very cool. Um, so uh, I wanted to kind of uh, I've, I've got two questions left. Uh, one of them has to do with youth and how to get them more involved in business and in the technical world and so on, because it was a, it was a point you referenced at the beginning. We talked about your awards and so on. You'd like to see, you'd like to see more competition for the award. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. So how does that, how does that happen from your perspective? You're the pioneer, you're the leader, uh, you're doing great stuff. Do you just keep doing what you're doing or is there some other things that can happen from some of the stakeholders that are part of your world? You know, I think uh, schools themselves, the schooling curriculum needs to involve more business-focused programs as well as uh, potential for programming to be brought into the curriculum as well. We've recently seen British Columbia bring programming into the curriculum. I think it's going to do quite well there. I think really the big focus is on creativity. You know, curriculum in schools trying to hone in on, you know, objectives and outcomes and getting students to learn, you know, exactly what what's in the books. But I think there there should be quite a there should be a larger creativity component to everything that's mm. that's done in school. And I think, you know, the whole entrepreneurship aspect and even with coding and and building building anything really, there's a certain degree of creativity which, you know, sure. can't can't be taught but can certainly be experienced through school. Yeah, well it's all about problem solving, right? From a coding perspective. So Exactly. Uh, yeah, very cool. You, you know, you you touched on an excellent point with regards to the education system and uh, uh, I've always said, okay, we gotta stop teaching kids in high school that Zeus is the Greek god. 
That's just <laughs> really, really something we don't need to know anymore. <laughs> you know, we need to know coding as you're talking. We need to know basic business skills and so on. So Alex, I've got an audience that goes across the country, my friend. Uh, they want to listen to you share what Alex wants to share with them on anything he thinks is important. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend, to close out this amazing interview. For sure. So, you know, I put a lot of thought into into this entrepreneurship space and into, you know, my peers and how how my peers can kind of do better and, uh, you know, kind of ex- express their creativity through whether it's business or design or, you know, dance or wh- whatever they're passionate about. But I think whatever your passion is, you shouldn't be afraid to pursue it. Among my peers, I see too many youth trying to fit the mold and they, they lose sight of what their true aspirations are. Mm. I've had an interest in business and technology, as, as we discussed, for, for quite a number of years now, since grade five. And since I decided recently to pursue it wholeheartedly alongside my schooling, you know, I think I've ended up doing quite well. <laughs> yeah, I think you have too. And not only that, you got to admit, you've, uh, you've had a cool adventure and you've met some amazing people along that journey also. You know, if it all came crashing down today, I'd still be happy. (laughs) You'd be okay with that. (laughs) Awesome, Alex. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Alex Gillis. He's the 17-year-old founder of and CEO of Bitness, doing magical stuff on the uh, on the East Coast, soon to be either Central Canada or in BC. You lucky ducks! And uh, thank you so much, my great friend, and congratulations again on your success. Thank you so much, Rivers. Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular online training events, startup chats, and startup school. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash events for more details. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. And also, I'm pleased to introduce my newest business venture, Coaching by Rockstars. That's www.coachingbyrockstars.com, where I am building an amazing team of business coaches to help entrepreneurs around the planet. If you've got an interest in that, come and check us out. Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Well, I applaud you for uh, for one, the journey, and two, talking about the rise and the, and the fall of the of CD Wear. I mean, what an iconic company of, the, yeah. of our times, right? So, sh- yeah. so share us, share with us. Well, you know, I'll correct you on one thing. I don't think we ever had a fall. Okay, we just had an ending. I love it. You know, yep. and th- and that no, but it's a really important distinction because you know it it has to do with how. Uh, the music industry changed uh-huh. and changed so quickly. And, you know, I want to be clear, it didn't come as a surprise to us. We knew that. We were consistently talking about, wh- you know, what's the end and what's the end look like. Uh-huh. And in fact, um, you know, one of the things that's really nice is our general manager 
has gone on to open up a store. So, you know, many of our values and ideas and, and staff, et cetera, live on in a smaller version. Nice. Called, yeah, called Odds and Sods. And they're just doing so well. What's that? It's amazing. It's a store, it's a it's a music store that sells CDs and, you know, DVDs and vinyl. And so just sort of a smaller version cool. of what CD Warehouse was. But of course, we opened in 1991. Those were the glory days mm-hmm. of, of music. And it'll amuse you to know that people said uh, when we opened, wait, you're not going to sell cassettes? You know? <laughs> that seems so That seems so rebellious oh, and hilarious. forward I thinking, right? Yeah. So kind of gives you in terms of context how long ago that was. And it makes me laugh, you know, because I think we were two gener- generation X kids just sort of giving our try at the music industry and... And yeah, we buckled in and it was a wild, fabulous ride. And I'm really proud of it. It was 24 years and uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And people often say to me, you know, what was the key to the success of that company? And it, to me, it's really simple. It was always and continues to be about the people. Right. You know, if you hire phenomenal people, you're that's it. Mm-hmm. You're winning. Mm-hmm. You know, you are winning against everybody else. And the, the people part of it, that it is the secret. 